Happy Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of two real people. We're your hosts, Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. And if you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe as this helps others to find us. And we just love the compliment. (laughs) (laughs) We do love a good review. Who doesn't like a compliment? Yeah. (laughs) So far, we've had some really, really nice reviews and compliments. So that's just Don't fuck it up, okay? Yeah, exactly. Keep them nice. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have anything nice, just kidding. Okay. Um, Penny, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, uh, yeah, great. Yeah. Great. Good, good. Um, Generally, just happy days. <laughs> Penny's just checking her notes to see how she's doing. Um, I actually, okay, I just wanted to say something because this is such a cool thing. And actually, I'd, I'd request people to let us know if they know about, about um, a company or service that's doing this thing because um, a client of mine told me that there is a company called... Mass, Hello Mass, Hello Mass, M A A S, as in marketing as a service. Um, and what they do is they put together like bespoke marketing teams for specific like events or projects or mm. whatever. So you can literally, as a company, be like, oh, we need like some extra marketing help here. Let's be like, you know, pick and choose what experts we need and bring them together and they work together. Mm. And I thought that was such a great idea. Yeah, I love that kind of like. Uh, kind of SWAT team. Yes. Marketing SWAT team. But I feel like you can do that in so many different interest- mm. industries. Mm. So I just, um, yeah, I was just thinking about how, uh, you know, how that could be super useful in all these different industries. And then I thought there must be some other companies out there doing that. For sure. So I, I mean, would... like AJ and Smart did it in a way. Yeah. With the sprint oh, team. Oh, that's true. In a sort of slightly different, but I think um, what's interesting about it is that Everybody's at the moment, especially in marketing and advertising, is talking about how ad agencies are kind of dying and it's like it's a really – it's an industry – I wouldn't say that it's dying, but it's in flux. It's like having massive movements and changes and – um, and super a lot of the yeah. major consultancy are like buying agencies just to get more of a creative capability. Yeah. So this is a, I love that they're kind of finding a different way to approach a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's super cool. Great for freelancers, great for people who want to like work on different projects, yeah. you know, and, and don't want to have to stress about finding the project, mm. but have the project find you. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's a beautiful team. Apparently it's a, so it actually is um, a hol- like a, a Dutch yeah. um, company, but they might be working more globally. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they get around. Yeah, yeah. That, and they just get dropped into companies by a helicopter. The du- <laughs> you know what? The Dutch are just fabulous. Yeah. They're so They're fantastic. very switched on. Yeah. They're super switched on. They just, the like, I actually think Dutch people, they just... There's something, they just get it. Mm. Like they also, I don't know if you knew this, but they were the ones who literally started the whole reality TV movement. Yes. Which I'm not saying that that I like reality TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it's brilliant. Yeah. Like they they figured out how people, like how, how they could make this show. Like they came up with Big Brother. They came up with Love Island. They came up with... And um, they have this one. All the massive ones. Yeah. yeah, all the big ones. And the most recent one that they came up with is actually, I watched, so sometimes when I'm in the US, I'll like watch a little bit of TV just to yeah. like check in. Oh, right? yeah. What's going yeah. on on, on like actual TV? Because mm. of course here nobody has yeah. actual cable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also it would be in German, so that would be scary. Uh, but otherwise, um, I watched this show that's called, 
uh, wedding at first sight? No. Oh, married at first sight. Married at first sight. Oh, that's the biggest show in Australia. Everyone calls it MAFS. That's hilarious. It's like they they abbreviated it. Yeah, they're like, have you watched the latest episode of MAFS? No way. And like when I was in Australia earlier this year, my friend was like, oh, I can't do Tuesday. It's the MAFS finale. I'm like, really? So this whole, the whole concept is basically that psychologists and relationship coaches and all these like whatever very this smart team. people yeah. um, put people together based on what who they think would be successful <gasps> and they get as a married. couple oh. and they get married the moment that they see each other yeah, fucking it's hell. like a social experiment sounds like my actual <clears throat> worst nightmare to do that i know i'd rather die alone which you do anyway, guys. You die alone. <laughs> Stop trying to avoid it. Seriously, it's fine. The uplifting happy so hour bad. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Penny, you die like lesson learned, you die alone. Well you do. Um okay, so this episode, now that we'll we'll jump into more work related stuff, I'm really excited about this one because we've been talking about doing an episode like this for a while. Oh yeah. And it is we're gonna talk about our favorite work related reads. Right. So shall I go first? I'd love it if you would go first. I'm dying to know what books you're going to talk about. Okay. So um, I'm not going to say these are my favorite books because there's so many, like there's a top hundred, right? Mm -hmm. But um, one of the most influential books that I read in the last year was this... uh, (laughs) Brittany's like looking like she's very. I'm just trying to cover up my mouth sounds. Oh, <laughs> cute. Um, all good. No. Uh, so it's called Inferior, and basically this was recommended to me by Inferior. A... Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Thank just you checking for translating. Because I was like, is it Inferior. Okay. No, it's Inferior. <laughs> okay. Inferior, like as in you are less. Uh, then. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was referred to me by a girlfriend of mine, um, and basically it's about. Um, how women have been told for many, many, many thousands of years that they're not good at maths, they're very emotional, mm-hmm. they're like all these gender biases basically and it takes all of these gender biases apart and debunks them one by one in this very meticulous way, oh, very that. well researched and I can't even remember off the top of my head like what all of the arguments are but basically it just gave me so much confidence because there is, there's so much social conditioning that you go through as a woman like when you're a little kid they give you a baby to look after and that's like what you do in your free time it's like cuddle a pretend baby I actually had a baby that peed like you put water in its mouth and it peed I had the same thing and it's like like from the time you're a little tiny baby you get taught that your value is to be attractive oh yeah to be a good mother Mm -hmm. to be um nice sweet kind polite and it takes a lot to figure out like what of that is useful to me and what can I do away with and also what do I need to and what as women do we need to kind of like tell society hey sorry we're not going to be these sweet nice like compliant little women anymore we're going to be who we want to be yeah um and so that I I think that book just gave me a weird amount of confidence in a way because there is a lot of internalized shit there's so I think that just learning about these things is such a good confidence booster and such a good it's just such a good foundation mm. to then like see the world through that lens a 100%. little bit. Like yeah. learn those things and then you're like, "Oh, that's why this person's treating me like this." So that's why at work I keep getting told I need to plan all the parties and yeah, like, you know, yeah. all those kind of things. Yeah. It's such a good point. Yeah. yeah. And I think there is a transformation process that you go through 
um, when you realise that all this stuff is happening and you don't have control over it, which can be quite difficult emotionally. emotionally. Um, and I can only imagine how it is for people who are like much less privileged, like mm-hmm. people of colour or trans people, gay and lesbian people. Like there's there's a whole spectrum of disadvantage out there. But yeah. And obviously like being a straight white woman is not so bad. Yeah. But at the same time, like you've got to, for me, I like to learn about these things so that I can use it to help people that are much less fortunate than me and like make sure that when I hear a young woman telling me, oh, it's my dream job, so I'm not going to negotiate my salary. I'm like, here's how you are going to negotiate your salary, actually. Yeah. Because like financial responsibility and financial security is super important. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so does it, it, it really it really helped. So does this book, it talks about uh, the kind of scientific background it talks really kind of like you said um uh very like poignant and all yeah. those things but do they then tell you like how to combat this or how to deal with it in the real world i haven't actually finished the book sorry <laughs> I'm sure they I, I mean like it, okay so it is more about debunking yeah. all this rubbish that we're told. Yeah. For example, like they do a whole chapter on hormones and this idea that because women have hormones, they're naturally more emotional and they have all these like di- like biological disadvantages that make them more stupid yeah. and more geared towards like uh, human, not human, but like uh, communication and yeah. multitasking and all these ridiculous things. Like yeah. it's just all this stuff is fundamentally untrue and it's based on bad science as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a really fascinating way to approach it. Um, and I know a lot of women that have read it, have found it really useful and I, I'd recommend it for guys too, because I, I challenge yourself every time you hear yourself thinking, oh, well, my wife's just better at that. Yeah. Like maybe she, she's just better with the kids. She's just better at planning parties. She's just better at remembering birthdays. She's better at like consoling me when I'm down. Yeah. Like really challenge yourself on that because it'll get you a a long way. Interesting. Hmm. I like that pen. Yeah. And what inferior. We'll link that off, of course, in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Who is it by though? So inferior, how science got women wrong. And it's by a woman called Angela Saini. 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 And it's, yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Fabulous. And you're listening to it on Audible? Uh, yes. Yeah. Fabulous. I'm a That's lazy bitch. Penny's go-to. I love it. <laughs> um, what about you, Britt? Okay. I think the first book, I can't decide which one to talk about first. I think that one. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have been listening to the podcast or, yeah, following us on any kind of social media things, you'll know that I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. Who isn't? I mean, she's just a shining star. She's fabulous. Mm. And her book, Daring Greatly, which I don't actually even know if it was her first book. I don't either. But it's like it's an older one. She has a newer one out now. But basically this is um, Brene Brown as a little background. She's like a social worker. She does a lot of research. She's a PhD. And she basically explores topics like courage, vulnerability, and shame. Mm. Um, And one of my favorite jokes that she makes in her Netflix uh, uh, special, which is crazy. She has this really cool Netflix special that I think I've already recommended on the podcast. But in it, she makes this joke about how when when people ask her what she does for a living and she's like not interested in actually like on a plane or something where she's like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person. Mm. She responds by, I study shame. Mm. What do you do? Right. And yeah. everyone's like, what? <laughs> um, you know, and it's anyway, I just love that joke. But she is basically talks about in this book about um, 
I mean, I'll just read this really quick little, it's like one line synopsis that I think sure. does a really good job. Mm-hmm. It's a book about having the courage to be vulnerable in a world where everyone wants to appear strong, confident, and like they know what they're doing. Mm, love it. It's it's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And for me, what really hit home was the connection that she really makes very obvious between vulnerability and courage. And she talks about how in order to actually be courageous, you have to be vulnerable. 100%. Yeah. And that's just something that I think not a lot of people think about because they think of courage as like strong. And, and stoicism. Stoic, exactly. Yeah. And like, you and know. sucking up your emotions. Yes. I mean, watch any episode of Game of Thrones and you will know that all the most badass characters are the ones that are so, they're either physically vulnerable, like Arya's this little girl, Mm. um, or they're emotionally vulnerable and they're really putting themselves out there. It's kind of amazing. That's really cool. I've never watched Game of Thrones. Oh, it's so much fun. I know. I guess I have to do it. Um, Everyone tells me it's like, I mean, it's like the best show ever made or whatever. I mean, the last season was literally appalling. I heard it was shit, yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's fine. Maybe I'll I'll dive in. Okay. Uh, So, yeah. But but that's really interesting, though, that they actually took that, Mm. like, because we grow up thinking that people who are... Uh, courageous and strong are are never showing any weakness. Mm. That's what that's what I was taught. Yeah. Like I know that I was taught that. That's how it, that's ingrained in me. Um, like, you know this need to like protect yourself, defend, keep away anything or anyone that makes you feel un- unsure or exposed in mm. any way. You mm. know that's literally like a feeling that I really have is like oh don't do that because then you know if you do shitty it will you'll be revealed that you're actually not as good as people thought you were yeah. or whatever. Um, So I think that one thing that um, – because then I was thinking about it. And she talks about this in, like, work, life, family, relationships, relationships, everything. But for me, for, like, people who are listening to this podcast who are mostly – we're talking about work and career. I think that this is so valuable to think about because you – being vulnerable or or having that, like, in your brain as something that you're going to, like – deliberately do and focus on would mean that you might take on a project that is like maybe just beyond your ability and might challenge you a little bit or or uh, talking to your boss about something that isn't working in the office because that's that's you being very vulnerable that means that you're not invincible and this thing is affecting your work and you need to be able to be honest and vulnerable to say to your boss like hey um, you know, the way that we organize this or the way that you talk to me or the way that whatever isn't working. And that is a, to me, that is a, a really difficult thing to do because yeah. it shows that you're not, you're not able to cope with anything. Yeah. Right. And one of Brené's best bits of advice is, um, and this is something I should have done more in my career, but, um, she says like, you don't have to shut off your emotions when you come to work. Like yes. there's no sort of robot version of yourself that, um, that you need to present to the world. You can actually come into work and say, hey, just so you know, I'm having a, like a really shitty day. It's nothing to do with you. So sorry if it comes across that way. I don't want you to feel like you've pissed me off or something. It's just home shit. Yeah. And that's like just letting people know that you're not this person with a perfect life and nothing ever goes wrong. Like you, yeah. But you're willing to share that, that piece of information with them and just to neutralize, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, bringing, yeah. 
exactly. Being able to actually be yourself at work is so powerful. Mm. Um, she also talks about, which I found really interesting in the book, about like dealing with shame because everybody's so scared of shame yeah. or like, I, I'm ashamed of this and I didn't do well there, so therefore I'm ashamed. And she talks about how you actually have to really approach shame head on and literally like vocalize it and be like, mm. I am ashamed because I did this, you right. know? And like saying it out loud. Wow. Or approaching it in a real kind of like head on way will really help you get over it, mm. right? Because shame is a human emotion that we feel. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with feeling ashamed. Mm. Um, it, you shouldn't hide from it. Yeah, so if you don't approach shame head on, then it's something that you're avoiding and you're only feeling it more internally. Mm. Mm. And and this kind of goes into effect of like, if you, um, let's say you take on, like you're like, I'm going to do a talk at a conference. I'm really excited about it. I've never done it before, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be vulnerable, right? Mm. And you do the talk and it doesn't go well, right? Yeah. You for, Whatever, you forgot what you were going to say. You got super nervous. You bumble your nerves. You bu yeah, mm. you didn't do well, you whatever. Worked. Right. Sorry. So then you feel you're like, wow, I really failed. Right. You feel like this sense of failure. You feel shame. Right. Mm. But the cool thing about I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little bit too like motivational speaker thing. <laughs> but I heard someone say this and I was like, I love that a lot is that failure is only you've only really failed if you don't then like approach it and try again. Mm. Right. Because failure kind of disappears if you try it again or you work on something and you get better and then you kill it or you mm. exceed or you, you know, maybe you find out that you're not good at giving talks, but then you get but you can give like a decent, mm. you know what I mean? There's like different levels of of, um, of success, right? Yeah. So you can give like a decent speech and you can leave it at that. But if you leave it at something where you feel this shame and you feel like you failed and you're like, I'm never going to do that ever again, it's a real, that's a real problem. You do know? you know what? Like this, this is really uh, maybe a little off topic, but can I tell, like that really brought up a story for me. Oh, please. So when I was a kid, I used to do gymnastics and I wanted to go to the Sydney Olympics because mm -hmm. I lived in Australia and it was like, that was my goal. And right. that would have been, I would have been 16 years old when the Sydney Olympics happened. It was my major goal. I was so excited. And when I was 13, my parents moved from Melbourne to Sydney so that I could train with a better coach. So there was like quite wow. a lot of pressure on the situation. And in the year that you had to qualify to go to the Sydney Olympics, I literally came dead last at nationals and the shame and the embarrassment and the feeling of failure was like crippling. Wow. And, but can you imagine if I'd quit then? Because then I went to the next Olympics. Oh, like that's it, so that cool. Sometimes you do have to push through like these feelings of real, it's agony. Like yeah. there are some big moments in life where you're like, fuck, totally. like I really fucked up. And I, you know, like I couldn't have done any worse, literally could not have done any worse. Um, so I, wow. d I and like, yeah, and people look at you differently after they're like, wow, you really fucking, you know, <laughs> you yeah. came back, you bounced back and, yeah, exactly. and, and you do have to do that sometimes. So I think that's, oh, goosebumps. <laughs> and you call them goosebumps or goose pimples? We call them goosebumps. Goosebumps. Me too. I don't you know don't want to pop them. a goose pimple. Exactly. You. I think Amer but no, I just got Americans. Little do they call them goose pimples? goose pimples? We definitely say goosebumps. I just love that a lot. <laughs> Sorry to make that about me. It was... But it just... Yeah, sometimes I'm like, you know, it's, go back in there. It's such Give a it great... Give it another fucking shot. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Anything and Brene Brown touches or turns speaks to about yeah. or TED Talk, yeah. you know, just look her up. And also what I love about Brene is it's not her opinion. 
I know. Actually, she's a it's not just her like having thoughts and then recording a podcast like <clears throat> many people are prone to do. Yeah. She has done literal years of deep analysis and gathered all this data yeah. and studied people's actual emotions and how they deal with situations. And that's what she's basing this on, yeah. which gives it so much more credibility than for me. Like, 100%. I mean, Tony Robbins or whatever is like, Ugh. here's what I think. Yeah. And it's like, well, what, that's what great, makes Tony. you so sure that you're right? Like, totally. how can you, t- eh, eh. whatever. Anyway. Blah. Penny, your next one. So my next book. I'm very excited. Uh, this is a really weird one because I read about this on a website and I thought, you know, like it seems like a kind of a boring topic area. But basically mm-hmm. it's called Why Won't You Apologize? And it's by Harriet Lerner, PhD. And basically um, the article online that I read about it was like, this book might seem like it's just about apologizing, but it's actually about all of life. Um, and so I read it because um, I realized that, uh, sorry, I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be um, honest. Yeah. Uh, because apologizing is super important to me. Um, I feel like I can apologize pretty comfortably and very quickly after an event. Um, but I remember once in my personal life, I had a housemate that did something like they woke me up at four in the morning before I had a big meeting the next day and, um, because they were like having too many drinks and, and at first they didn't apologize and it, I just got so hung up on it. I was like, because you're not apologizing, it makes me think that you're going to do this again. And that worries me. It's not that I need the apology per se, but I need the acknowledgement that, you know, you've done something that affected me negatively and that you don't necessarily want to do that again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's always been super important. And um, yeah, so they go through all of these different cases of like small digressions and then massive, major, like there's a, it's, it's quite heavy actually. There's a, I won't go into too much detail, but there's a case study about um, a mother and her daughter and a time when the mother like essentially unforgivably let the daughter down. Right. She, she put she put her daughter in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to kind of like relationship counselling and it's like this process of opening up the lines of communication and giving heartfelt apologies. Um, and, and also on the other hand, it's kind of like if someone apologises in the right way, it allows you to like grieve the thing and then put it away. Yeah. It, it, it really ends the story. I think people in general, I mean, I, could, I guess this is going to be a pretty standard statement, but people just don't apologize enough Mm. like people don't it's like this weird thing that if you apologize then then you did something wrong but not before right because if you apologize you've admitted that you're in the wrong yeah and no one wants to be wrong a hundred percent and I think that's what's great about this book is it talks about the idea of like um it's the empathy thing right mm -hmm. like instead of being like I and I hear people say a lot I don't think I did anything wrong yeah and it's like okay that's all right actually yeah you don't have to think you did anything wrong but what about you just for a second think about this other person and how they might be feeling and what, like, just imagine you're in their world for a second and then consider whether it might be still good to just let them know you wish that it hadn't turned out that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think that, like, how do you feel about apologizing for the way you made someone feel, but maybe not necessarily the action? So you should definitely read the book if you're thinking about this, because okay. they say, like, <laughs> if you, that, that basically that's not an apology. That's saying, <laughs> that's blaming the other person for, for feeling a feeling. certain way. And I think the reason this is relevant to happy hour and to work is because I think a lot of managers could retain amazing staff if they just apologised. Yeah. Because I think, especially in the technology industry, there's a lot of um, very young managers who are not familiar with how to run the show and they're not getting any support. And I actually have, like, a lot of empathy for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if those people fuck up and they do, like, the objective wrong thing, they often have to like they retreat to no I'm strong I'm the manager I'm the boss yeah I I don't apologize yeah I don't I stand by everything I did and it's like well you really shouldn't and now I'm leaving yeah you you've like I had this uh, old boss and I'm sure he's not going to listen so I'm just going to tell you who um basically uh sent me a text message the night before a major pitch yeah and and t- to give you some background, like, I was so nervous about this pitch. It was a really big deal for us. Um, major, major, major client. And I had gone to my parents' house and I was like, hey, guys, I know this is really weird. I'm 32 years old, but you just sit there. I've got to practice this. And I practiced for three hours to my parents. I was taking it so seriously. Yeah. And um, my boss sent me a message at, like, 10.30 that night. Just as I got home, I was feeling really confident, really good. And he sent me a really nasty text message about how if I fuck it up, that's going to be disastrous for the company and blah, 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 which actually also wasn't true. Yeah. Like I couldn't have fucked it up. I had a very small part. I was just doing the intro. I'm usually like now in my current life, I know I'm great at public speaking. Yeah. Um, So he was just being a dick. He was just trying to... um, and, and because I'm empathetic, I know that he was trying to relieve tension from his own stress. Absolutely. And that's fine. And when I brought up with him later, he refused to apologize. Wow. And, I, and he did for months and months, and then he apologized much later. After you left. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, this is the sort of thing that is going to destroy your relationships with your staff. 100%. They're going to make... It basically made me feel like he didn't give a shit about my feelings, Mm -hmm. which is if I'm going to make money for someone, I want them to care about me. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just thought this was such a powerful book um, to get on the same level as the people around you. And I I absolutely loved it. I love that. If I'm going to make money for someone, I want them to care about me. A hundred percent. Like, why would you make someone rich? Yeah. If they're not a nice person. And I want everyone in this who's listening to this podcast to think very carefully about that. Yeah. Like, it's, why are you making someone else's life better and easier if they're not a good person? Yeah. Um, yeah. Love yeah. that. The end. Great. Great. Really recommend it. Okay, cool. I'm going to read it. <gasps> or or listen. even listen. <laughs> <laughs> I might listen to it. Yeah. Um, okay, my next book. Can't wait. Is one that, I mean, Penny, you're very familiar with this. And I've talked about it a lot, I know. But actually haven't talked about it that much on the podcast. Great. So I felt like I could bring I it up. I you only talked about it at the shower. Okay, good. Yeah. So this book is called The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. They're brothers, in case you were wondering. Obviously. Um, and the big idea in this book, do you hear me use that? The big idea? Yeah, got 
good, it's a good phrase. Yeah. The big idea of this book is that there are certain experiences in our lives that have a really big impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and these moments or experiences can be crafted. Okay. That's kind of like the overall sort of... And, and, and from what I know about the book, it's like you can craft them for customers, you can craft them for yourself, you can yes. craft them for your partner. Like This book talks about literally all aspects of life, like um, your personal life with your, with your relationships, your work life with your colleagues, the way that um, you design things for customers or clients, all of those things. Mm. And the things that hit home for me most are, I mean, and maybe you already, probably a lot of people already know this, but people actually really only remember these extreme highs or peaks in their mm. life and extreme lows. Yeah. And everything in between or like or or key transition periods people also really remember those but like everything in between is sort of just a wash right mm. so like that's really kind of significant right mm. so there are these defining moments in our lives and a lot of people including myself in in the past anyway before i read this book and it changed my life mm-hmm. just kidding um it was kind of a life changer though but a lot of people kind of let things happen to them mm. or they, they take on the approach of like you know I'm just like just wandering reactive. yeah I'm wandering yeah. through life oh I get this opportunity because someone asked me okay great oh it's this person you know or like I got that job because I you know whatever like they just sort of let things happen to to themselves to themselves mm. and the point of this book is that actually we can make these moments happen yeah in and our take own control lives. of it take control a hundred percent I'm big on that I'm yes. so big on that yes <laughs> so this is kind of um yeah, I mean, for me, it was literally like uh, when it comes to working with, I think you're actually, I mean, we'll talk about that maybe a little later, but <laughs> I was thinking about this in terms of like, I think you're really good at creating these um, moments in relationships, oh, especially I'm thinking about in a work context, um, like Penny, like so many times with like client relationships, like there was this one client who um, mentioned that she was uh, taking a holiday to get married or something mm-hmm. on a call. She's like, oh, I'm going to be away because I'm getting married and uh, but, but I'll be back to, you know, uh, we can sort out the details or whatever when I get back from in three weeks or whatever. So Penny sent this woman a big bouquet of flowers and just congratulated her on her wedding. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, like, I come from the advertising space where, <laughs> like, my full-time job when I was an f- office manager was sending people presents. Okay, okay. So, like, it wasn't that exciting but, to me. But. And also, not saying that you have to send gifts and spend money and all mm. those things, but that was, like, mass. Like, she was just, like, she was floored, couldn't believe it, yeah. totally thrown off. She was like, oh, my God, like, that's the nicest thing that, you know, someone who, like, an agency or someone who I'm trying to work with mm. has ever done for me. And that is a peak moment that you mm. created with her and she's going to always kind of remember that and especially in reference to you yeah. and that is kind of what this book is all talking about there's so there's a few I wanted to talk about these four things that mm. are basically um, the things that you can do to create these defining moments so these are like the elements that that you know, create a yeah. really big it's peak. the formula for a moment. The formula. So Got it can it. be one of these four things. It can be connection. So that can be like with people, like let's say Penny and I, um, you know, like that the the uh, moment when we had the like the wine hits the table and we were like, <laughs> we're going to talk real talk, you yeah, know, about, yeah. about life and stuff, right? Like that's a defining moment. And I remember, I will remember it for 
for always. Mm, me too, um, yeah. You know, when you deepen ties with someone, when you make a moment matter, right? Mm-hmm. So that's connection. The next one is elevation. So you um, somehow raise the stakes or break the script. So something that you always did a certain way, you do it differently. Or um, you I'm raise fascinated the st- by this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a real world scenario. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but maybe we can. So that would maybe boost be. sensory appeal. So that would be something like literally you've never done a talk at a conference and you're going to, you've signed up to do it, right? Uh, so it's I like see. this is so something you're you don't. breaking your own. Exactly. Okay, you're breaking it, your own strip, your strip, uh, script. Sorry. You're raising the stakes, right? So this is something where you're like, whew, this is like, I'm going to take a lot out of me. And your sensory appeal, you're feeling nervous. You're yeah. like, you know, much more aware or whatever. In a way, it's kind of like us starting this podcast where we're like, yeah. let's actually record these conversations. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it all out there. Yeah. And let's. I remember the sense of nervousness I had putting my voice out there. Yeah. Like writing an article, as it's I've different. said before, like you can really spell it out, but um, yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah, Sorry. Totally. Sorry, I digress. So insight, um, that's when you like learn something really key or you like something kind of hits home for mm. you, you know? Um, and then pride. So if someone has recognized you, you hit a significant milestone. Um, it's like something that you, yeah, just feel proud about some an accomplishment or whatever. Mm. So those are kind of these like four elements that can create a really defining moment. And you'll notice that like a few of them you can literally create yourself. Yeah. Like pride, maybe that's kind of like a something that will happen based on the other ones. But something like elevation, you can absolutely create those moments. You can yeah. sign up to do, to, you know, you can put yourself on a pitch that you're nervous about. You can sign up to do something that you're uncomfortable with, um, but that would push you, you know. Um, connection, you can... Literally, uh, there was this one story in the book, and I'm not going to go on for too long because we're already a bit <laughs> over time. Yeah, um, but the, there's a story in the book that talks about this this CEO who uh, he was like really high up. He's a, he's um, he was the CEO of some massive co- corporation, right? Very wealthy, blah mm. blah blah, very driven. And he found out this is like actually kind of a very sad story, but also beautiful. He found out like that he basically had like three months to live. <gasps> oh. Yeah, and he he like stopped everything. Right. He like, well, he, he tied up loose ends at work because that meant a lot to him, of course. So he, you know, went and he talked to specific people at work who he really wanted to, um, just talk with and kind of, you know, explain to them the situation. But then what he did was for these three months, he created moments with people and not even like, like they weren't even like, um, they were just like, he was like, I want to go for a walk with this person in a forest Mm. and just talk. And it was like, it was, but he created all these really like special scenarios and it didn't involve like we're renting a boat and we're doing something grand and crazy he just wanted to make these connections kind of you know for the last time and tell people how much they meant to him anyway then he said that literally I know (laughs) it's such I cried reading this book I say it all the time and no one believes me but it's this story that made me cry because he also said like in three months he felt more alive than he did for anyway We gotta take a breather. I know. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Sorry. Um, But so first of all, Mm -hmm. I want to know if you have. I'm going to give you a minute to think about it while I tell a moment story. Okay. But can you think about? I want to know one moment that you've created for yourself and one moment that you've created for someone else. Okay. So I'll tell you. I mean, like, I just wanted to mention that um, I got invited to dinner by this woman in my creative writing class, Mm -hmm. um, and she went to all this trouble, made this beautiful um, Korean meal, and it was like very, just a very generous, lovely thing to do. But um, afterwards I sent her a handwritten note and a little card. um, And 
I was really stressed about it because for once, like the German post took a while to get it to her. And I was like, she's just going to think I have, haven't thanked oh. her. But um, I now like the the happiness that she got from that, I was like, okay, handwritten notes are going to be my new thing. Yeah. Like getting a little letter in the mail that That's isn't so a nice. bill. It isn't a, um, it's, it's nothing. It's just like, thank you. You mean a lot to me. And yeah. so I just bought all these like really nice, you know, two little. euro cards so that I can send that when I want to. That's really nice. Yeah. Just little moments, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Highlighting life. So the moment of you writing the things is a that moment you created. And what is one that someone has created for you? Oh, of someone's created for me. Oh, nobody does anything asked? nice for me. I said one you've created <laughs> for yourself. Uh-huh. And then one you've created for someone else. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. I thought of uh, my answer to your question, Penny. <laughs> Great. And sorry, we didn't it's much harder than we thought. We didn't have to edit out any of that. No, we only <laughs> talked for 20 minutes trying to figure out what a moment could be. <laughs> okay. The, I would say a moment that I created for myself, um, and this is kind of like a this, is a, this was a really defining moment in my life, was moving to Berlin. Mm. And that was something that changed it was like I think it was also really defining because of the transition as well it was such a huge kind of difference um in sort of the way I was living my life but I really decided that I wanted to do this thing that scared me a little bit Mm. that I was nervous about but when I and then when I did it I remember just this feeling of like you know, like before, yeah, mm. I was like, oh my God, like this is life, yeah. you know, this is, these are the kinds of things mm. that I need to do more of the things that kind of make me feel nervous or afraid. Um, so that is something was a massive defining moment in my life. Obviously I'm still here like seven years later. <laughs> um, something that I've done for someone else is, um, uh, it was my mom's uh, over the, over the, I just had this in my brain cause it happened recently, but it was in the summer. It was my mom's 60th birthday. Mm. And she is a woman who really doesn't care about things. Yeah. Like she just doesn't. Like I've tried, I've tried, (laughs) yeah, totally. I've tried so many times to buy her like a gift and nice things, whatever. And it's just, it, she always appreciates it because she's a nice person, but you know, it just doesn't like, Mm. like, I feel like I didn't hit home with that one, you know? Mm. And so this time I talked to my brother and I'm like, look, we are creating an experience for mom because that is what she loves, you Mm. know? So we got all the family together and we surprised her. We took her for this big wine tasting and uh, we like, I mean, we went a little bit crazy. We rented like a limo for the day and did all this (laughs) stuff. And actually it was so funny. I mean, it sounds really elaborate and expensive. It wasn't really any more expensive than getting a really nice gift, mm. you know, and she, she, we have photos and she had such a good time and she just kept talking about how great it was. Mm. And, um, that like that created a moment for her, but also, also you know, a, a creating moment for someone else can also create a moment 100% for yourself. percent because of yeah. the connection. That's Point it. one. That's it. Connection, elevation, insight, pride. Oh, uh, yeah. Love it. That's great. Yeah. Um, I guess my moment that I created for myself, um, I recently had a breakup. I've been with my uh, with Max, who you've probably heard about on the podcast for nine and a half years. So it was like a very big monumental shift in my life. And I, I like, I wanted to think of another moment, but this is just yeah, it's unquestionably too... it. Yeah. Um, and when I kind of like realized that my house that I live in, my apartment that I live in no longer had this other person in it, I spent pretty much all day like moving things around. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but like moving the desk to the left side and cleaning this and cleaning that and like lighting candles and buying a few pot plants and just making the space feel like it was mine. Yeah. Um, and not that there's any negative vibes, but it just like, it was a powerful and transformative 
moment for me. And I, like when I think about this sort of sad thing, I think of that happy, That's that nice. happy sort of reclaiming of the space around me. Yes, reclaiming of the space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you have, I think that there's something to be said of like an emotional, you're emotionally transitioning and therefore it's nice to have like some sort Change of the physical, space. Yeah. yeah, in the space yeah. around you. Your environment. Yeah. Love that. Um, what was the song that you were listening to? Uh, it's, uh, I hope Max <laughs> isn't to listening to this, but it's called, because it sounds a little cold, but uh, uh, it's Diana Ross yes, and the Diana song Ross. is It's My House. And it's a beautiful song. And then there's another song, which I I actually, like, want to make a breakup playlist because I had some, like, uh, a lot of those ladies from, like, the 70s and 80s were actually, like, amazingly empowered women who were like, I'm alone. It's fine. I'm happy with it. It's my choice. So, yeah. 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 It was, yeah maybe I'll make that playlist. You <laughs> totally should. That can be our resource of the week, which we don't do anyway. Don't. Can we, resource of the September. <laughs> Love it. Of September. Uh, breakup playlist. Yeah. Perfect. Loves it. Oh, that was so much fun. It was really great. Yeah. I, I really loved that, that episode. I learned a lot as well. Mm, me Love too. That. And I have two new books that I need to read slash listen to. Yeah, I should probably read that Bloody Power of Moments book. I've you honestly so much should. about it. <laughs> um, and also, guys out there and girls and uh, gender non-binary people, um, if you have like an if if you feel like you'd like us to talk about something specific on the episode, we really love that kind of feedback and we yes. love um because this this episode that we did today was based on, you know, a lot of uh, people requesting, like, what are your favourite books? What yeah. do you do? Like, yeah. yeah, so feel free to pop a little email in our box. Do let us know. And yeah. also, you know what I'd love to know is, like, what is your preference for length? We want to make this podcast as enjoyable for you guys as possible. So yeah. help yeah. us out. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. We'll Thank see you, you very soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.